I was a Hebrew school teacher at a local synagogue in Hyde Park in Chicago when I was a student at the University of Chicago. And there were a lot of faculty kids in my Hebrew school class. And they were first graders. Like they already knew MIT, best place to go if you want to study science or which school is better because they had parents who were talking about college. That was Lauren Lieberman, director of college counseling at Shadyside Academy. And as many of us may be aware, her students are not alone in how they feel about colleges. For years, we as a nation have been suffering from the same stigma. You are the college you go to if you go at all. Lieberman even mentions seeing this in her own children. We spend a lot of our time trying to dispel that, but in some ways it's too late. If I see it in my third grader and my fifth grader, then we as four members of this high school faculty body are not going to be able to undo 10 years. And that's not a shady side problem either. That's a societal issue. A societal issue so prevalent, it has inspired Barrett Taylor's career as an associate professor in the College of Education at the University of North Texas over 20 years ago. I started out in admissions at the University of Maine. And I noticed that when I was at a college fair in rural Maine, I was often the sort of aspirational choice for a lot of students, right? Because the University of Maine was expensive compared to some closer to home options, right? And it was more selective. To Taylor, these experiences connected the dots. And it was pretty evident, just anecdotally, like how this was patterned by the social positions of the applicants, right? By their level of household wealth and the identities they held and stuff like that. Our current competitive, prestige-driven college process emerged as recently as the mid-20th century, when expansion of higher education normalized an aspiration or expectation for people to go to college. Following the recession of 2008, state funding to higher education drastically fell. According to the Education Data Initiative, tuition at public four-year universities has increased 31.4% from 2010 to 2020, decreasing the accessibility of these schools. Almost all of them went down the path of trying to maximize tuition income to fill that gap. And it sort of kicked down the line from states to institutions to students, particularly in Pennsylvania and a few other states where cuts have been really deep. However, such changes in funding have little impact on super elite schools, the likes of Harvard, Yale, and Stanford, where admission rates are below 5%. They have large endowments from alumni and donors and a reputation that supposedly justifies their already high tuition costs. Because the system is social as well as material, all the other institutions see what they're doing. And there is some pressure to act like that and to conform. Most students do not attend universities like Harvard or Yale. So there is a disconnect between tuition income awarded to marketing and advertising as opposed to student opportunity. So where that opportunity, I think, can get really distorted is that when you are a tuition-dependent, vulnerable public, and you've got to identify and recruit as many students as possible to pay the bills, it's very tempting to spend on things that will lead to student recruitment, will bring more students to campus, but won't necessarily produce better opportunities and outcomes for students. College became more popular in the last century, but problems relating to social class persist. We're looking for different mechanisms to sort people and thin slice people to make sure that social hierarchies are being maintained 
and reified. The social pressure around college is very unrelenting. But that same kind of pressure shakes the pillars of higher education. There is internal pressure between universities to rise to the top. Everybody has the incentives to do what the system rewards. And today, the system rewards you for rejecting most of your applicants. And it rewards you for admitting a bunch of kids from rich families whose parents can give a lot of money to the school. That was Mike Smith, professor of information technology and marketing at Carnegie Mellon University. It is clear that one of the biggest concerns for the average college today is not quality of education, but income from tuition and prestige. Georgia State University, their president was very socially minded and wanted to create opportunities for people he knew they were leaving out. And so he did all the right things. He de-emphasized SAT scores, he de-emphasized alumni giving, and he actually ended up with more Pell-eligible students than the entire Ivy League combined. And Georgia State University fell 30 points in the U.S. News and World Report ranking because they no longer had the alumni giving or the SAT scores that the U.S. News and World Report is looking for. The big problem? Our current system of higher education is financially unsustainable. Our current system of higher education is morally unsustainable. These are classic systemic problems. While we do not have the blueprints to completely redo the higher education systems in place today, there are other options. For example, community college. At schools such as the Community College of Allegheny County, as many as 75% of students graduate without student loan debt. Dr. Tiffany Evans, Dean of Student Success and Retention and co-lead for enrollment services at CCAC, vouches for its accessibility. One credit is $122. It is extremely affordable. Fortunately, because of their lower costs, community colleges around the country face a nasty stigma. Cheaper classes means worse education. I know there's that um, stigma that's out there. It is a quality education. A lot of residents in Allegheny County have attended community college. Education is always changing, and one of its newest additions, thanks to technology, is online learning. In a world where I can only admit 1,500 students to my incoming freshman class, if I admit someone who doesn't turn out to be successful, that's a huge loss. But in an online classroom, maybe I can take some chances on, on students. I'd love to find a way for people who don't fit into the traditional, very narrow mold of our current university system and allow them to demonstrate their skills. Additional benefits Smith mentions include flexibility in time and location, decreased costs, individual pacing, and increasing representation and diversity of faculty and guest speakers. Community college and online learning are not perfect and won't work for everybody. Cracks in the foundation of the college prestige system become increasingly evident every year. I don't think the existing system has the incentives to change, and I think we're going to have to change it from outside the system. This documentary was created by Grace and Elaine, two high school seniors set on very different tracks to higher education. Grace is going to community college, while Elaine is going to a four-year college. While their experiences will differ greatly, the message they want to convey is still the same. Higher education should be for everyone.